0: Welcome to the Coffee Sometimes Podcast. I'm your host. <laughs> Torby McTorbinson. Torbin McSorinson <laughs> with my co-host. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Farts McGee. <laughs> Chip Smith. Featuring Chip Smith. The always wise. The Chipper, ever,
1: Chipper Smith. Oh,
0: Chipper Jones, where, he, where what's he up to these days? Didn't someone see him a couple years ago?
1: Was that you? You run, in, run into Chipper? I think he just sort of runs in the circles I run in. <laughs> and, and so that's, um, how, that's me and John
0: Smoltz.
2: Chipper Jones gets into a lot of online arguments. Like he's kind of a, a troll. A, I guess you could call him a troll, for lack of a better word. Like my high school buddy, Franklin Burt. Yep. Franklin, if you're listening, <laughs> <And> <laughs> love I know you, you are. I love you, buddy. Um, so he, one time, uh, was a. Franklin was a grammar police of sorts to Chip, Chipper on Twitter with the whole your, your thing. <laughs> what? And, and Chipper blocked him. <laughs> Dude. So he's blocked by Chipper Jones.
0: Dude, you know someone
2: that got blocked by Chipper?
1: Oh, yeah. That needs to be in his bio, blocked by Chipper Jones.
2: What if that was like our call to action today?
1: Like see who you can get
2: blocked by on Twitter and report back next week.
0: Someone's doing that call to action somewhere. There's like a small group of people that are trying to make waves. And that's us. We're making waves. That's right. Coffee waves. waves. Warm waves. Yeah. Hats off to warm waves. Um... I have two things I want to say about the Braves since we're we're on the topic already. All right. One, even when I was just a little kid, my favorite player and I don't even know anything about him was uh, the center fielder when we were all younger, Andrew Jones. Oh yeah. A
2: N D R U W Jones. Oh. Did wow. you
1: relate with him in some way? Like I don't know. was he like fast and you were fast or like He was
2: very fast.
0: I mean, I'm, we're talking like five to seven, so I didn't think much. I just did, you know? Andrew
2: Jones is, is was really good. I mean, that period of the Braves was uh, not a very good one. But yeah, he, was some... pro- he was probably, I don't know if he was on, he, I don't think he was on the World Series team.
0: Mm. Someone's listening to this, and they're like, <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> We get uh, blocked by them. Yeah, definitely not our – this is not our arena yeah. of expertise. But he
2: – I don't know what it he is. He is a very – like whenever you look back on the like Braves golden years and everyone's like Dale Murphy. Yeah. The big three pitchers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maddox. Yeah. Chipper. Yeah, Maddox.
0: Glavin. Uh, Tom.
2: A lot of people aren't – a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't instantly mm. go Andrew <laughs> Jones. But mm. Andrew Jones like he, he produced – yeah,
0: we need we need someone like that. Kind of like Andrew McCutcheon before his own time, you know what I mean? We need someone like that. We have a guy, his name is Ronald Acuna Jr. Dude, yes, baseball. Okay, the other thing I want to say about baseball was when I was five. I think you guys have heard this story before. but uh, Our listeners probably haven't. No, I think they've all heard it, so yeah. I'll just pass. <laughs> when I was five... My friend Joseph had a birthday, and we all went to a Braves game that his dad took us to. At that Braves game, we were all, uh, <laughs> lather up, buddy. I'm putting Chap- on ChapStick. I mean, this is radio, so we got to make sure. ASMR? Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. That was not
1: ChapStick. <laughs> Let the record show that was not ChapStick. No, 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 no. Uh, You were saying.
0: We all for his birthday we all got the foam tomahawks. You guys ever get one of those? Oh yeah. And um you know, we're five. I was probably I think I was fourth. Joseph was five. And as children do, they just eat whatever they have. And so <laughs> the four kids Whoa. were like munching I have heard this on the tom the foam tomahawks. And I mean I probably got like <laughs> a couple bites in, nothing crazy. But we look over and our buddy, who will remain nameless, took down the entire tomahawk. <laughs> he ate the whole thing. And that, it's probably over a foot long. Oh, yeah.
1: Easily. You think,
2: you think he's
0: listening right now?
1: No. <laughs> I but, think the funny thing about that story, you've told it both times I've heard it, or maybe the three times I've heard it, is that you say that it's just normal for a kid to eat whatever's <laughs> in front of them. But... I maybe that felt normal to you in the moment, and we could kind of parse that out a little bit. But man, eating an entire—it's probably still in your gut. No, I think if someone—if
0: I took down the whole thing, there's there's definitely an argument that it's it's there somewhere. But yeah,
2: I don't I don't believe in that.
0: I mean, I things ate,
2: lingering around for that
0: long. I ate bubblegum like no other. Don't get me wrong, that's still yeah. in there,
1: but. I've recently swallowed bubble gum, and I was just I had like the worst feeling I was like that was not meant to go that way down well, there so i
2: I see what I can relate in a way. I'm not saying whenever I was a kid, I would just eat what was ever in front of me, but I think we've all eaten a piece of paper, you know
1: I still eat paper, bro
2: <laughs> Ross, have you ever just like choked down some paper?
1: I think I have maybe put like a scrap in my mouth and yeah. spit it out, so but no
2: point being, when I was a kid, I can remember doing that like once or twice. Like you're in class and you're like, I'm going to do something funny. i want to eat this paper. <laughs> if I did that now, I think I would have bathroom issues for like two weeks. TMI, bro. Dude,
0: bathroom issues? Yeah. Keep it PG. B-I. B-I. I'm going to have B-I for weeks. <laughs> Wish
1: I could have BMs.
0: <laughs> Um, I The worst thing to do, though, eating paper is one thing. But I realized eating a receipt, terrible idea. Why what? do you think it's a terrible idea to eat a receipt? Just Because the, the paper grain is much tighter. Probably that, but the ink is so fresh on the paper yeah. that when it goes into your mouth, it comes off really quickly. And so you really, oh you really get the ink flavor out of
1: the receipt. In the worst way.
0: Yeah. and I mean, there's good ink flavors out there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: how, do, how does that work? What do you
0: mean, printer Re- receipts,
2: <laughs> Re- receipt paper, ink? We could bring in an expert because so you never refill it. You never refill it. I thought it had something to do with like,
0: like impressions. I don't know. Are you sure you that. never refill it though? Or some
2: sort of like heat transfer. The printer at Valor, yeah, the
0: receipt printer.
2: You never refill that,
0: but you can go through rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls. And rolls. And rolls, rolls, rolls of receipt paper. Yeah, no ink. Maybe it's electricity because it's a power source. <laughs> electricity is yes. implanted into the receipt.
2: Uh, well I was thinking about something funny yesterday. So you know how there's like... Uh, <laughs> listen, I bet this is going to be something within the next few years, okay? Bring it on. With cars, you have unleaded, like regular unleaded... You have mid grade and you have premium. Yep. Is there going to be a movement in the electric car? uh, Oh. uh, You know, renaissance that is like. uh,
0: Good electricity versus.
2: Like, how clean is your electricity?
0: Mm. Oh, no. I think people are already talking about that. Like, coal versus, you know, solar is one thing.
2: Well, okay. I understand, you know. Clean in the sense of like green. Um, I'm just saying, like pure. Y- yeah, your car will run better if you do this. We- if you have this sort of electricity.
1: On the Futurist Freelance Podcast, we believe freelancing is the future of life, work, and everything. So, whether you're brand new to working independently or you're a seasoned pro, we'd love you to listen. Every episode unpacks new ideas on how to make your future freelance. Whether you need to achieve business minimalism, survive a solopreneur crisis, or find the right digital nomad visa and community, we've got you covered. Alongside actionable insight on everything from finding gigs to outsourcing support services, even mastering TikTok with no dancing required. Subscribe to The Futurist Freelance on your favorite podcasting app via the link in your show notes.
0: Yeah, like this charger filters the (laughs) Scoobies. That is
2: totally. There's no scientific basis for that. Just want to spread a little bit of misinformation. You
0: know who would know about this? Coulson. He works in the electric car charger. His name starts
2: with (laughs) Cole. Yeah. Hey, yeah. How ironic is that? That Coulson. He's got Cole in his name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, <laughs> This is gold, man. This is radio gold.
1: What? Welcome to
2: the Valor Coffee Sometimes podcast, for this on week, the sometimes. we will be doing a, wait for it, Q&A. Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. We love Valor. We, we love Valor. Wow. Thanks, and guys. And the Coffee Sometimes podcast. Gosh, man.
2: So, thank you, thank you guys. We put out a, a Q&A on... Um, how you say Instagram? Mm. And we got thousands of responses. <laughs> our our so, research
0: team has probably been filtering through yeah. these for, yeah, for hours. Sure. Uh, we outsource it though, so it's not a big deal.
2: Yeah. So just want to give a specific shout out to uh, you know our our friends in South Africa. That's where the influx of uh, questions came from. This, this
1: time. A very high concentration yeah, there. Of, of coffee We sometimes. love
2: Johannesburg! Oh, Hennesburg. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we put out a Q&A, and just for reference, anytime you have a question, feel free to send it to info at valor.coffee, and we will eventually, likely, maybe, sometimes. get to it sometimes possibly on the podcast
1: or just online. send it to Riley at Valor.Coffee.
0: <laughs> or to my personal phone number 555-555-757 7575
1: 5975 yeah. seven, five,
0: seven, five. Five, seven, 8675309 oh, <laughs> uh oh. yeah so q and I'm so excited just to preface Ross and I have no idea what we're about to be I asked know. Of us. It's gonna be lots of ums and mm. what do you think, Ross? That'll be stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of deflection.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, maybe I'll
2: I'll ease us into it and yeah. then we can uh how good were the questions? There were some there were some good ones. There were some not so serious ones. There's some goofball ones? There was there was a goofball one that People, yeah. has layers. Wow.
1: Anything about the draft?
2: Nothing about this year's draft.
1: No. What about stuff that we want to talk about? Like any like f- like football related or like ultimate frisbee related? Mm-hmm. People asking anything like that?
2: Yeah, people asked about like y- the ultimate frisbee like workout <laughs> regime. Re- reg- reg- regime. Regimen. Regimen. Yeah.
0: Regime. Regime.
2: <laughs> the ultimate frisbee regime. <laughs> <laughs> Fragile. Uh, all right, so I'll start with a fun one. All right. <laughs> you know, I was going to... I had had it in my notes on my computer, but I don't want you guys to see them so you can get ahead and start thinking. So,
0: Okay. Trust me, I won't be thinking ahead because I'm... Because I can't. Because I'm dumb. Yeah. Well, hey. Welcome to the self-deprecation... Let's, let's press into that a little <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Welcome to the self-deprecation when did podcast. start? Ethan? All right,
2: you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Listeners, are you ready? Let me hear you say, what? Ah, I can hear you from
0: here. Thank you. More.
2: Uh, all righty.
0: <laughs> we can hear you from here. Should Coulson I say, should I say who asked it? If you want. If, do we know like everybody who asked questions, basically? uh, No. I mean, I'm just not going to. Okay. I'll, I'll just say their first name. <laughs> I know thousands of people.
2: <laughs> I'll just say their first name. Yeah. I'll just say their first name.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, say it.
2: Brandon asks. What is something that you wish you could change about working in specialty coffee?
0: Hmm. That is an
2: excellent question, Brandon.
0: I have something that just came to my nog. Great. Hit it, baby. Unfiltered. Uh, uh, <laughs> coffee? Yeah, get rid of filters. <laughs> what? Um, my first thing, and maybe it's just hearkening back to our conversation with the the Bell, Bo- well, Bell Boy Boys, Bellwood Boys. Hello. I wanted to say Bellweather Boys to make fun of not knowing their name, but then I decided not to. And now we're here.
1: Bellweather uh, is a company.
0: Yeah, because it's a company too. Yeah. Talking to Bellwood, um, I was like, man, what I would change is that if the entire world would just get on the boat that coffee should cost like $10 or something so that we could have margin to build better careers and companies in in what we do but that's just a fantasy because uh that would be really crazy and maybe it'll happen 12 dollar matcha in miami huh remember that oh yeah so maybe we're not super far away but that was my first thought about what i would change is just if things could get more expensive to relate to the value a little better so that we could uh yeah pay people more money and do more awesome things but we're just in a pretty slim margin world as it stands as of right now
2: sidebar if we ever uh host mizuba on the podcast we should do it in miami and we can call it matcha in miami wow with Mazuba. that would sell that's that's good yeah. radio Mzuba, I mean, if you're listening we'll see you in
1: miami
0: yeah we're just making money on that trip oh, so it's yeah. totally worth it.
1: Ross? Oh, man. Um, I I just think I... So that was my first thought, too. Really? Oh, weird. Hey, yeah. Right there. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> except I, did, I didn't really lay it out in those terms in my mind. Because it, it's no offense to you or to me, because I had the same thought. But basically, it's just like any business in the whole world wants that
0: their products to be more valuable.
1: I wish people wanted to pay more money (laughs) for our products. And I'm sure the, so everyone has that thought, right? But where companies differ would be like, so that we can X, you know? So, you know, some companies may, may want their product to cost more money so that the CEO can get paid, you know, more money just, you know, whatever evil company that is. Um, but it we're in a volume business. Mm-hmm. And the whole, like, implication there is that the people that work in volume businesses have to work faster and harder in order to make their their living. Because they have to do a lot of the things that they are hired to do, you know. So... If the the each item costs more money, you would have less customers, and people would make less drinks. Like the team would make less drinks, but they would maybe make just the same amount of money because they're making less drinks overall, but each one costs more. So
2: you could create a formula with that, man.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're already you know halfway through a spreadsheet. Yeah. are you color coding yet or? Not far? yet. Okay.
2: No, I, I actually
0: outsource my
2: okay. color coding now.
1: So oh, okay, awesome. Um, when
0: well, people kind of do that already, I think about a very small percentage of our industry. But um, I think, I think maybe it was my friend Joseph who went to Hong Kong, and there's like these places where it's just like one person making pour overs, and they're very expensive, but it's like an immersive experience where you sit and you get something before the pour over and then you drink it and you get taken care of and it's this whole thing but maybe it costs like 20 or 30 dollars instead of six and so he only has to serve like four or five customers an hour but he's making enough money to pay his his way Mm -hmm. interesting
1: i think another thing that would be really cool in specialty coffee is we we've always talked about this over the years, and we have kind of tried to implement it in the cafe, kind of not um, of having more of a full service experience, yeah, um, where you have the intentionality and the hospitality and the care, and just like the the pure like curating each moment of a fine dining restaurant. You have a host at the door that greets you. You just have this, you know, full full service in the truest meaning of the word experience, and you're sitting down and you're being served. the server is not the one who's pre- preparing the coffee, but they do know everything there is to know about it. Um, Almost like you have multiple servers instead of one register operator. Right. Yeah. So it just it. It's really like an experiment on like how how pampered can we make someone when they come into the cafe?
2: Well, hey, maybe that's the mixture of what you were talking about before. Where if you had more more expensive prices, you would just make the same money because of less volume. But when baristas have more time, they can pamper people.
1: Right. Yeah. That the only thing. One of the, like, little holes in that plot for me is that whenever people come into a cafe, a lot of them are just wanting, like, independence. Like, they just want their coffee and they want to be left alone.
0: Mm.
1: And that is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's not, like, something that I wish would change because I think that's also something great about going to an establishment is, like, for me, I'm, I'm pretty, like, tossed to and fro when it comes to day one i walk into a cafe and i want to like chat it up with the barista and like you know connect with them and really like be present with them the other time it's like i just want to get a coffee and sit and not talk to anyone necessarily because that's also a great thing so i don't know how it all works, but if people knew that they were coming to this establishment to get this certain experience more of a full service thing that could be cool anyways i don't know if you guys remember that one
0: episode of the cat and cloud podcast where they interviewed the guy from slate coffee bar they they tried to implement something like that out there in washington where there was a host when you walked in and you got directed to either sit down and be served, or go like get in a line for to go. Pretty interesting that, but I don't think they're a company anymore, so that might not be a great sign. <laughs> but on that, I do remember that actually on that podcast they were talking about coffees that they like, and the guy described himself as an acid hound for coffees. Check that out. Wow.
1: Do you think that's where the the idea like conceptualized in your mind of acid hound? Totally. Do
2: you think wow. you're going to get sued? Now I'm, that we're getting I'm this actually, on the radio. That bro's out of it. Or did business, you already so. trademark that before he could? I
0: don't know if you can see my uh, phone, but it is buzzing and it's just saying lawyer, lawyer, mm-hmm. lawyer. It's like, we're suing you.
2: Well, yeah, it was his intellectual property first. So,
0: uh, Hey, what
2: would you change about the coffee industry? I think <clears throat> plenty of people have to have service industry jobs because they have to. And Whenever that is the scenario, I understand not offering the best service. Like say you're, you, you just don't have another option for a job and you have this gig making trash money that, insert huge chain, and it sucks. So you aren't motivated to offer the best service. But if you're someone who wants a career in this industry, which is a, I think a good chunk of people that work at third-wave shops. Um, I just don't think you have much of an excuse not to tailor a good experience for your guests. Um, you know, I think your work space can often motivate you in certain directions uh, depending on your chain of leadership and whatnot. But... I've had jobs where you know, you have to have those own set of values and of, of service mentality rather than only being handed that by your leadership. So if, if you want to be in coffee and you want to do it for a long time or you even want to go ahead and open your own shop, I think you should already be thinking about those things now. How can I give the best possible guest experience? how can i make this person's day and you know my day is made by walking to a co- into a coffee shop a very small percentage of
0: the time but it could begin going up right remember you talking about your trip to nashville yeah totally
1: you know what's interesting is i think the more the more specialty coffee shops open the less percentage of career baristas are out there totally like the the more that a third wave shop you know let's just let's just lay out the the most classic third wave shop of like minimalist decor la marzocco machine coffee that they pour latte art We'll we'll just leave it there like the that kind of coffee shop is sort of becoming the norm or at least like what people are aspiring to or trying to do. Mm. Um, So like when a a new coffee shop opens in X or Y town, it's more likely going to be like that kind of coffee shop than just a random, you know, second wave mom and pop thing. Mm. Probably. I feel like we're headed that way. And so the more that third wave kind of shop becomes the norm, one, the more diluted the understanding of third wave becomes because there's just more people trying to be that as opposed to just like people who are that. Um, I'm not sure if that's making sense. But I think basically whenever third wave shops were more of a fringe thing where it's like there's really only a few of them like – When we were coming up, the only third wave coffee was, there was like four or five of them in Atlanta. And we, you know, drove an hour to go get third wave coffee. And there wasn't even like a bag of counterculture at a grocery store for miles and miles and miles. Mm -hmm. That's how we started. And there's certainly people that came before us that quote unquote had it worse, (laughs) if you will. But point is whenever third wave shops were more of a fringe thing, they were more rare. The people that worked there had a much higher likelihood of like, this is their thing that they're passionate about. Um, so I, I think just as more and more shops are opening, like the less and less I'm noticing, like people, you know, people just are having a job at these places because this is the new coffee shop. Um, and i don't i don't know if that's necessarily i guess overall that could be worse for the industry maybe depending on how good the the owners are at hiring like we have a lot we've had a lot of people come through valor that have worked for us that have no interest in like you know their their heartthrob desire is not to ha- have a career in the coffee industry but they come They come here, they work for a year, they work for two years, and they freaking crush it.
2: Well, our people in uh, leadership or soon-to-be-in-leadership had no plans on a career in the coffee industry. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I think I have an even better answer for this. Can I change my answer?
0: I was going to give a backup answer, too, but I want to hear your answer first.
2: So I think what I would change... Uh, I want to avoid sounding by any means um, egotistic here. Ooh. So I will say this happens with everyone that, not everyone, I've heard many stories of people who work at Valor that this has happened to, who aren't the ones who are you know, on the podcast or on the Instagram as much or on the videos. You walk into a coffee shop, the person in front of you is at Surge, sorry, at the point of sale. And you hear them chatting with the barista, where it's just like, barista's like, hey, what can I get you? And they're like, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, what's good? And they're like, everything. And then they're like, okay, I'll have a latte. And they're like, 532. And then they like do the transaction, and then it's over. And then you get up there, and they're like, oh, hey, don't you work at Valor? or something of those sorts, and then they uh, give you an exclusive experience. They, like, Mm. turn it on for that period of time. Mm. That's a big big pet peeve.
0: You want to see some more impartiality? Absolutely. At the guest experience? If
2: you can treat the person who works in coffee like that, you can treat the person before like that, too.
0: Yeah, it's fun to see a person slowly broaden their horizons to... Giving an empathetic experience to someone that's more and more different from you, uh, yeah, that's powerful, and that's where it's really fun is being able to make a connection with a mom or mm-hmm. like a business daddy. You yeah, know? that's the that's the fun fun part of what we do, and being able to josh around with those guys too. That's
2: why I think a lot of a lot of people who are in a community. Like in, in a city or like, oh yeah, we have the best, like we have the best coffee city. This is the best coffee city there is. But it's just because everyone knows that they're a barista and they get a good experience. Mm. But for us, if we travel somewhere and we get a bad experience everywhere we go, we go, we we understand more than, in a way, more than that person there would understand because we aren't known
1: Hmm. I see. Yeah, I was thinking about that recently too. Just to piggyback off of what you said, piggyback. Um, and again, this is uh, hopefully not sounding uh, tooting our own horn too much. More so, just applauding, toot toot. applauding our uh, our team. We got a, a Google review recently that I sent in our base camp message board, um, and it was just someone completely random that was passing through uh, town and they were just sort of gushing about how this is like the most welcoming coffee shop I've ever been in. And you know, the drink was awesome. And I met this person and this person that worked there and blah, blah, blah. This, this person was the last thing from a regular because, and they may just, come one time because they were just passing through Mm -hmm. and it got me thinking about how like every, even, even the worst coffee shops have regulars. Even the most snobby of coffee shops have regulars and regulars are the backbone of the coffee shop, right? Coffee shop model, people that come in every day, every other day, whatever. But it's actually like not that impressive that you have a great relationship with a regular. It's that that is a beautiful thing and it's very necessary and our people have incredible relationships with our regulars and it that blows my mind. So, I shouldn't say it's not impressive because it is impressive. What I'm trying to say is what is even more impressive is when just the randos come through to your point that are coming through town And they have like a mind-blowing experience in this place. Uh, Just people that are that we may never see again. That like those are the reviews that really make me feel like we are doing a great job. Just the people that are because it's it's it like to your point. It's easy to treat a regular with ton of care and respect and connect with them a lot or it's easy to treat like a a fellow barista in your city with that that same level of like connection because you relate with them but whenever it's just a random person that that blows my mind
0: I might push back a little bit you ready ready <gasps> at least coming from being being on bar a good bit still um like and maybe it's just part of the culture but like when I having a culture of curiosity and being able to realize if someone's never been there before or if someone's traveling or if someone's passing through in me, there's like this spark of like, "Oh wow, this is going to be like the one shot we have, so let's pull out all the stops, get you the sticker, yeah. let's do something silly for you and it's like because of what we've built, it's almost easy, yeah I almost find I find it hard when i ha- when i see that person again and again and again like if it's someone's first time and they're like we're new to the area i'm like oh my gosh hey mm-hmm. let's pull out all the stops and like great i'm coming back tomorrow it's like whoa all right we got to do this thing yeah we don't want to dip in like quality of experience so i'm going to have to pull out all the stops every time i see you right. and that's going to look a little different for sure but uh I think about that with, you know, how Alfred is growing and there's a lot of new people moving to the area. And I am seeing people that I really clearly remember it being their first time like a few months ago and they still come. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta keep this up. Yeah, right. Like this, this is easier said than done. Because sometimes I feel like the regulars can get uh, slighted almost in like a high volume yeah. cafe. It's like, oh, sorry, man. Well, yeah, we'll get to you in a second. I just got to get through this. Um, but trying to, yeah, maintain that level of consistency and, like, appreciation for your regulars is it's awesome and it's worth it, but it can be pretty hard. But uh just want to shout out some of our regulars, uh, Chris and Lynn. They unannounced, like, gave Mikey, like, Either they bought something from her registry or like gave her a big gift card or something for her wedding coming up. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's super cool to see to see the intersection of regulars and people that we call friends. And uh, like really beloved guests starting to bless the lives of the people that work at our company. Yeah, it's like a really beautiful step in the process of building like a culture in a company. So uh, the thing I was going to say, too, was this is a, you know, if we could change anything, I was, I was just thinking it would be pretty awesome if we didn't have to worry about, like, close to any um, disposables, just from multiple perspectives of, like, inconvenience of waste, but also inconvenience of money, of, like, we just have to spend probably... $20,000 plus on cups every year that if like there was just this world created where people just brought cups with them everywhere they went, that would just totally not have to be a thing.
2: That one company's trying to do that.
0: Yeah. 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 Did I show it to you? Someone did. The, they have like the grooves. Yeah. And they're like.
2: And it's like a rotating system. Like you bring in yours and hand it and they give you a different one.
1: Yeah. Let us know
0: if you'd be interested in that. But I would just like, I, I know people get greenwashy or just like crazy about eco stuff. I'm like, that just kind of makes sense in my head. I'm like, what if we just brought cups with us where we went? I know there's some, some inconvenience, but we have cars and backpacks and stuff like that. And I'm like, that'd be a nice, nice thing.
2: Do you have a car and a backpack?
0: I got, I got a car, a backpack, multiple totes. Um, <laughs> How many I,
2: totes? How many utility carts do you think you could buy if you sold all of your totes?
0: Maybe just <laughs> one. I mean, I have a couple uh, engineered garment totes. Some designer stuff. So I got some Gucci. designer totes. Well, I wouldn't say Gucci. Uh, I'd say Gucci. Yo, Gucci out here. Yo, Gucky. Uh, all right. Hey, next question? Let's go to the next question. That was the first question?
2: Yeah, that Good. was the first question. All right. If you're enjoying this Q&A so far, smash the like button. I'm doing it right now. Subscribe, share this with your friends.
1: Smashed. We are smashed. Thank you. It's nine AM and word smash.
2: You ready for this? What does your training slash onboarding system look like?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Great question.
0: I would say we're pretty proud of this, right? This is copyright though, so yeah. Make sure to spend or click that fifteen dollar button while you're listening to hear this right. next part. Do you want a hey,
2: little personal? Uh, okay. This podcast is brought to you by Valor coffee. Yes. Uh, we can answer any question at any time you'd like. Whenever you are a Valor wholesale partner like this, we can share documents about our onboarding. Wow. We can send you coffee. If you pay for it. Hello. <laughs> Samples. Or, or if you ask Samples nice months. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But
0: this is a foretaste.
2: Yes. Consume One foretaste coming up. Yeah,
1: this... A moosh-boosh. Oh, a moosh-boosh. This kind of stuff in wholesale is what gets me excited about partnering with people that are not local. Because let's say we're partnered with a cafe in Missouri, which we're not. I don't think we have any business in Missouri. Yet. Um, yet. <laughs> Maybe after this ad roll. Looking at uh, you, we'll, Jefferson City. <laughs> Uh, Or Kansas City. Yeah, hey. Guys, it's not in Kansas. It is, though. It's in both. It's in both. Anyways,
2: California.
0: Come on.
1: There is a big section of our support program that is available to people that are not local, a.k.a. things like this, like where we can share our position contracts that we give to our employees. We share our training. You know, we... Chat on the phone about what our onboarding system looks like. So you know, maybe we shouldn't talk about it on air. To save it just for the dude, people the that foretaste.
2: Come on, the just amuse bouche, Ross. Totally. The
1: aperitif, Ross. Kidding. Um, okay, so I'll I'll just like lay it out step by step. <laughs> yeah,
2: give us the crudite.
1: Let me just crudite this <laughs> for you guys. The accoutrement. <laughs> Come on. Goodness gracious. Okay, um, and if I miss anything, just let me know. Will so do, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'll interrupt you, you like al- every thirty seconds. You always do, don't you? Um, we have a great relationship. Yeah, it's all cordial. Um, so, first thing we call them, right?
2: Okay. First thing they send an e- they send an Instagram message.
1: Oh, we're going like for interviewing too.
2: Yeah, we can we, we can just we can kind of breeze through that.
1: Okay, great. So, the first thing is we have an owners meeting. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. On
1: a Thursday morning and we say, Guys, I think we're in a place where we need to start hiring again.
2: Ethan's been working ninety five hours.
1: And then Riley's like, Are you sure? And we're like, I don't know. Look at the books, like, Are we sure? And you're like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it.
2: And then you're like, Let's post something on Instagram and I'm like, I have five posts scheduled, it'll be two weeks and you'll be like, Okay, but this is important and then I'll be like, Ross, <laughs> shut your mouth. I'm gonna kick your butt and then we'll fight.
1: We fight, and then whoever wins gets to
0: decide. It's usually me. This room is also known as the octagon.
1: <laughs> but for real, um, one, one thing to note here is we, when we do hiring, we take a good, honest look at our team, and we think about the personalities and the strengths and weaknesses of each person. And we like to think of – I don't know if we'll get in trouble for saying this, but here it goes. We like to think on a scale – of fun and focused, right? So, um, sometimes we look at our team and we're really, really crushing the fun side of things behind the bar. It's super fun behind the cafe, but we need to like dial it back a little bit towards the focused side of the, the spectrum, um, or the opposite could be true too. So we like to look at it like that. Um, I feel like another thing we look at is do we have, a ton of alphas on the team or not. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's been times where we've just had tons of huge personalities behind the bar. And, um, there's obviously nothing wrong with that because we love to hire people like that. We want guests to, you know, have those big interactions with people that are really memorable and that Often comes from people that just have like big personalities and really wear their emotions on their sleeve and love to turn off the music and get people to sing happy birthday to someone, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or we look at the team and we have a lot of beta personalities. <laughs> <laughs> beta? Really? Um, a Sig- Charlie. Or Charlie personalities. Yeah. Delta. Um, Sigma.
2: Echo.
0: Isn't Sigma? Foxtrot. Yeah,
1: Bravo. You guys are all in my head <laughs> <Okay>. right now. <laughs> you see my point. We we don't just hire to fill hours on the schedule, right? Like we that is one reason we hire for sure. And that's a pause. That's a really intentional thing we do too. Is like, what are we looking for? Because
0: I I thought that everybody would do this in business, but sometimes we people just hire people and then be like, oh, actually, we only need you one day a week, or like, yeah. actually, we need you to work like six days a week. So I feel like anytime we're bringing on someone, we we know very specifically what we're going to ask of them, and make sure that there's a lot of logistics. Yes, that align.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So we we start off with deciding we need to hire. Then we look at our team, and we're like, okay, what what kind of person are we looking for? Um, which that that is that is the unfortunate thing about applying at Valor <laughs> is that like you could be a perfect fit for our team culturally and values-wise and logistically but it's like man we're really looking for someone that is is like maybe more reserved and well i don't know if if you're allowed to say that or if that's helpful to say but it
0: kind of makes you think about the NFL draft you know yes you're looking yeah. for you're looking to fill a certain position but sometimes you just get What's it called? Like when you just pick the, the best unicorn,
1: best available. Yeah, best available. It's
0: like you know, maybe this person, and I'm, we've done that before too. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, this isn't exactly what we're looking for, but this person is just she magnifique.
1: Yeah, we're certainly not that picky every time, right? Like sometimes. Anyways, so we start there. Um, Riley makes a post. Hopefully. Um, you always do. Just kidding. He always does. We put up, sometimes we'll put up a sign. Put up a sign in the cafe, which is great. It
2: says, This is your sign. Yeah. Apply at Valor.
1: <laughs> right. People email hiring at valor.coffee with their interest. And then I reply with a list of screening questions, um, which is like three or four questions. Um, and the purpose of that is to, one, Weed out people who aren't willing to dedicate time to write an email to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is surprisingly effective. Which is about half of the people. Um, And so if you reply to that email with your answers, um, the job's yours. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) You just reply.
1: Some people come in the
2: next day for training.
1: (laughs) Yeah, some people just reply to the email and, you know, they. Type it in an email. Some people put it on a cover letter, which is cool. You know, all all points of data are relevant. Um, do you think everyone we've hired has made a cover
0: letter, or have you? Could you recall that someone we've hired just like typed in the answers in an email? Because I would not make a cover letter for picture or for like if Ross said, "Hey, can you answer these questions and send me your resume?" I would just email the answers to the questions. That's just what I would do. I don't think I would know how to like make a nice document because I'm an idiot.
2: Ross Whoops. says, can you please send me back a cover letter with these questions? Yeah, I do oh, say that.
1: Then I probably would. And I'm a e- rule follower. And people also just don't do that sometimes. But the the more time goes on, I feel like we get more and more picky about this kind of stuff. And also we try to discern when somebody didn't, you know, have like a perfectly edited document, but they could be a great hire. Totally. So we're, we're always trying to navigate that. Um, yeah,
2: grammar don't make drinks. Am I right?
1: <laughs> yes. So after the cover letter looks good in the resume, I call them and we have a logistics call and we're trying to talk about, are they a good logistical fit? Because there's been times where I have sat down with someone to interview them and they're an incredible culture fit, but then I learned that they are moving to Texas in three months or something. And it's like, okay, well, I, I wish we would have figured this out before we scheduled a time to sit down in person. So we do a logistics call. We talk about where they're at in their life, how much they're trying to work against like how much we need them to work, um, where they see themselves in two years or whatever, You know, some of that stuff. If they pass that, Then we do an in-person interview uh, with me or you or Mikey or whoever. And then, depending on how that goes, we do a second interview. Um, And we've had like loose directions over the years of like what interview one and interview two are about. But I feel like we just get more and more case by case with it. Um, After that, we have another owner's meeting. And we're like, hey, there's this person should we hire them and everybody's like yes sometimes we don't do that
2: sometimes i walk into the cafe and i'm like
1: who are you <laughs> <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs> which is fine literally I trust true you boys. literally true um so we call them and we say we'd love to offer you a job here are the terms we would love to have you part of the team you know mm-hmm. encourage them tell them we're excited to have them they say yes We've only had one person. And they no.
2: say, actually, I just got a job at Bellwood. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, uh Ryan. Yep. Love
1: you, Ryan. Yeah. Love just you, man. kidding. Hope you're having a good you're time. Right over where there. you need to be. That's right. Um so we we do that and then we schedule we like we always prefer to do an orientation first as their first contact with Valor. Yeah. But that is that is becoming less and less like probable
0: i do like a certain like there's a day one where i just hang out with them and i guess when we're talking about hiring right now we're just talking about hiring in the cafe so at this point it kind of ross handles the hiring process a little bit more he's more project manager hr guy for that and then once they're hired they're in my clutches now Right. Um, so day one, I usually, if I have the opportunity, just to like be with them all day and have a lot less of an agenda. At the cafe. At the cafe yeah. has been really fun of just like, hey, let's get all these, let's get you logged into this stuff. Let's walk through the scheduling. Let's walk through base camp. Let's walk around the cafe. Hey, do you want to go get lunch? Let's get lunch. Yeah, Because of the interviews, everybody acts differently in interview process whether we like it or not and so just being able to like relax with someone i think is really powerful and then doing some stuff behind the bar just like bopping around getting them because comfortability and acclimation i think are so big of like if someone can be confident and comfortable in an environment then that's really where they shine yeah so trying to take a big stride in that on day one without just being like all right we're gonna start with this training and we're gonna it's going to be like drinking from a fire hose for the next 10 days, but you can do it. It's yeah. just more like, hey, let's just chill out and talk. And so like I'll have a whiteboard in the office and we'll just be like, yeah, this is some of the stuff that we do. This is how our bar works. And just be very focused on like what are, their, what are their needs, what are their questions. And that's kind of just day one, pretty, yeah. pretty loose. And then typically day two is orientation lately. And I really I like that combo. Yeah, um, that's good. It's really good. So orientation is where, typically, right right now it's us, you, Ross, (laughs) me, Ross, and Mikey, and then the the newbie. And we just, how would you describe orientation? It's pretty. It's like two to three hours typically. Yeah,
1: two and a half hours. It's about our mission, vision, and values, and it's just uh, getting people. caring about what we care about. Um, if we hired them, we they already do care about what we care about, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We just want to hire people that are already living our mission and then they just continue to live their slash our mission at our cafe. Um, so it's putting more verbiage around that. The way we define mission, vision, and values is if you think about a train uh, as an analogy, um, the train... Is us. We're on the train, right? Valor's um, the train. Va- it's called the Valor Express. And toot, toot. Uh, yeah, in the, uh, in the orientation, it says, all aboard, MFers, which <laughs> well, is funny. PG-13. Um, we hire everyone over 13 years old. <laughs> uh, so Exclusively. the
2: <laughs> If you're under 13, you
0: can't work at Valor. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, we just got to draw a line no somewhere. No ifs,
0: ands, or buts about it, baby. That's right.
1: So um, the vision is the destination that the train is headed to. That is the reason the train is in motion is to get to the, uh, the destination. And the reason that Valor is in motion is to get to our vision. So the vision is the destination. The, uh, the train tracks are the core values. These are the guiding principles values that we stay on the straight and narrow if you get off of the train tracks and you compromise on values, you won't get to your destination, which is the vision. And then the third thing is the mission is the daily fuel, the coal or the solar, or the solar panel, depending Hello. on, you know, your political stance. I'm <laughs> um, just kidding. <laughs> so the uh the mission is the fuel that the the chugga 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 it keeps just- us Keeps us going towards the vision. Wheels turning. Right. So we talk about that. Um, We try to make the orientation as conversational and story-based as possible to keep it not so like conceptual and preachy.
0: Or like just a bunch of policies.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, And so after we do orientation, I mean, they probably go back to the cafe and, you know, sort of. Get their head around more of what valor is, what their job will be. Totally. Um, and just to take it a step further, we have uh, a few different positions behind the bar. It's not just a uh, free for all, you know. Um, we got a lot of drinks, and we gotta get making them. So everybody right. do something. Somebody do something to make <laughs> drinks. We have uh, brewer. We won't go into all this because I know this is a Q&A. But we have Brewer, Expo, Concierge, Support, Sup- and Other Support. Support can split into Bar Support and Concierge Support. Right. And we, we said Concierge instead of Register, and we stole that from Cat and Cloud. Um, thanks. Thanks, Cat and Cloud. Um, so they start on Brewer training, or Support training, actually. Yeah, support Support,
0: Brewer, Surge. And then once concierge is done, their training's typically over. And then over the next few months, depending on their coffee background, they ease into
1: the like latte art pouring expo position. Yeah. And you more or less you only work in the position that you're certified for. Mm-hmm. So we like to do a lot of shadowing, right? Especially with concierge training, mm-hmm. like just especially if someone hasn't worked in the coffee industry before. And especially if they haven't worked in the service industry before, it's just really helpful to watch a pro deal with guests for three hours straight. And you start to get some verbiage. Um, get to deal with guests. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> get to put up with guests. Uh, and so, yeah, at that point, they're pretty much onboarded, um, and then we they are certified for they go they go through a leadership training. This is probably a year down the road of them working here, maybe less. They go through a leadership training, servant leadership and authority is kind of what we call it. Um, and then they get certified for point, And the point person is our more or less manager on duty. They get a little raise. Um, and uh, that's sort of like the highest position you can have in the cafe besides like a salaried, you know, operations coordinator position. Amazing. And that's onboarding, baby.
2: Uh, next question: Good ways and not so good ways to organize/slash encourage team bonding. Good ways. Let and me not... answer. Oh, go ahead. I think most of this has to do with the type of people you hire hmm. um, and your hiring process, because if you hire awesome people. Awesome people are gonna to want to hang out with each other, a mm-hmm. lot of times. And That's what what we've seen. Like I don't I don't think too much of what we have done has been like, let's organize a hangout this Friday night. Let's organize a hangout next Friday night. It's just like everyone from our team just hangs out together because they're all great people who have somewhat similar interests. Mm-hmm. Not not even. It's just most of them, you know. Everyone likes to have good food Mm -hmm. uh, and be in good company. And I think a lot of the company at Valor is good company, not dumpany.
0: Dumpany. No, no dumpany. Dumpany, dump, dump, dumpany.
2: So, yeah, I mean, apart from that, we do schedule things. I mean, realistically, we only schedule, like, a fun team hang, probably... Once a quarter, if that.
0: What, what have we done? Anything come well, to mind? Well, I
2: mean, you know, some things that come to mind are like Sam Thomas's going away party. Totally. Um, or like going away dinner.
1: Or end of year party. Or end
2: of year party. Thanksgiving. Or. Do do Thanksgiving? Usually. Valor's
1: Giving. Valor's Giving, that's it. Yeah.
2: Or we played volleyball one <sighs> night. That was awesome. We gotta do that again. Yeah,
1: all that stuff's really important.
2: Yeah, sure.
0: it totally is. And the more of it you can do, the better. And it's just kind of icing reminder. On. Um, <laughs> and it's just the the organized things seem like icing on the cake of what you're already talking about. The foundation is that when you have a team that trusts one another, they just enjoy each other's company. And I think we're at a fun size where there's like, you don't have to hang out with. Every, it doesn't have to be like everybody has to do something together mm-hmm. anymore. But I think we're up to 14, 15 people, you know, all together. And so sometimes there's... And people live in different areas, so those people can get together. And there's, like, different connections. But it seems like everybody is connected to someone else on the team and feels comfortable in that team.
2: A lot of times it's just, like, Elijah posts in base camp having a bonfire at my house tonight. Mm -hmm. Whoever wants to come is invited. And so I mean I think that's that's some of it. You know, when you do things just include the team. But it's funny. <laughs> uh <laughs> I understand, and I think you guys understand, the one takeaway we had from How to Be a Boss.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh which is a book that we all read early on. Green Book.
2: It's Green book. okay. Uh it was, Yeah, it's okay. Uh the one understanding that I have is like I don't as the boss I I don't want to, in any way, reign like I, the the philosophy is like if you're the boss like leave the party early, mm-hmm. so as to not put any sort of subconscious pressure on people, mm-hmm. and you know personally I think that's valid. So if, if you're the boss looking to encourage team bonding, maybe just understand your place in that a little bit um, and thus understand how you should treat those sorts of social situations.
1: Leave the party early and then come back and clean up after everyone. Yes. Yeah. I w- One thing I keep thinking about on this topic is right now in our team and pretty much since we've been a company, there's some exceptions, everyone is in a very similar stage of life. And so it's easier for people to hang out Um, outside of work. It just happens organically, which is an amazing thing. But I would venture to say and uh, write some love mail to me if you disagree, but uh, the majority of workplaces out there, you have a very, very wide age range. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You may have someone that's 60 years old. You may have someone that's 21 years old. And it's like this question becomes a lot more pertinent in that workplace where those people are never just going to organically hang out. Like it could even be inappropriate <laughs> for them to like, you know, if there's a 21 a year old female that worked at your spot and then a 65 year old dude, it's like, if you saw them getting a beer after work, you might just be like, what is happening here? Um, even though that's like, they could just be bonding, whatever. Um, and so, this question is a lot more tricky in a situation like that. Um and if we ever cross that road, I guess we'll have to figure that out, huh? But I I I think just the like the valors giving every year has been awesome. End of year party has been awesome. Just to like maybe a kickball league or something to be fun.
0: Church softball league. Softball. Man. Yeah, all, all that stuff's been super fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh All right, what are some coffee shops in and out of state that have partnered with Valor?
0: That have partnered with Valor? Yes. I'm like gonna wholesale? Oh uh, yes.
1: One I'm really excited about right now is uh, Elias down there in Jacksonville, Tetherball. I think he listens. You listen, buddy. He listens. Nice. Hey. Keep crushing it, bro. You got this. We're here for you. We're so excited for you! Can't wait to come down there. I think I think he's really close, and I think he's doing like a lot of the work himself, which wow. is baller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tetherball Coffee in Jacksonville. Um, they that relationship has been really fun because they decided pretty early on to use Valor, um, part, and not just use Valor, but partner with us and they they decided that before they opened. I think they had like just picked their location when they decided that. So, um it's been really cool to walk with with him throughout that process and he even came up here uh and hung out with us, which is really cool. That was super fun. um so, I'm excited about that one. He he's got a long a long career in in coffee and in service. So, um I know he's gonna crush it, and he's a freaking hustler. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that—that that is always one of the hugest like character traits necessary to start any business, but definitely a coffee shop. Like when you're just starting out, you like don't want to hire a ton of people mm-hmm. because you don't want to pay a ton in labor, so you end up working a ton. Like he, I can just see that like he's cut out for it. And I'm really excited for that relationship.
2: Beautiful. Uh, I mean, if we don't if we don't mention you, we still love you. We just we have we have a few uh, some some that come to mind: uh, Jethro's and hmm.
0: Andrew,
1: Beast Mode. They are crushing it.
2: Opened a little a little over a year ago at this point now, probably.
1: Yeah, I think they opened in the spring. Yeah, last year.
2: And uh, they opened right before, probably, probably right now. Yeah. Cause it was right before summer. Um, and I mean, they have just crushed it like, yeah. uh, incredible, incredible, um, response from their community up there and they serve our coffee really, really well.
1: Yeah. I also just really, really enjoy hanging out with Andrew, yeah. the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to, need to go get lunch with him soon, but, uh that's always such a huge plus when you just really connect with the the people you partner with.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I take their coffee to them sometimes because their orders are so large yeah, that it's really expensive would just to
1: ship. Be a little tough. We Absolutely. we also have to mention uh Jonathan Tango 3. Oh yeah. Um probably our no, I think definitely like our longest standing relationship. They uh they served pretty much Valor exclusively I know they had They had uh, Free throw on Espresso You know They never changed that They might bring in A different roaster For like a pour over Or something But they They Served us For Three or four years Just every week Every week Like It's just And we would go down there Once or twice a year So fun um, Down to Destin Niceville area and again, just like absolutely love hanging out with them. They recently have decided to diversify their menu a little bit, which is awesome. And they still order from us sometimes. But just so so grateful for that relationship.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, how about uh, how about Russ and Liz up at Paper Town?
1: Yeah, Paper Town. Yeah, uh,
2: they're a multi-roaster, and we'll we'll get a an order every. Every once in a while, and we'll just be like oh, Russ and Liz. Yeah,
0: they're always getting the good stuff, right? Like oh, the crazy yeah. Yeah. origin For offerings sure. that we have.
1: They ain't scared. They ain't scared. Of where,
2: it. where is that? What town in North Carolina? Canton, isn't it? Canton, North I th- Carolina. I think
1: so. Yeah, it's just a, a real cute um, little town. Little mom and pop town. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Russ and Liz are the mom and pop, actually. Mm-hmm. In question, they run that town, dude. Yep. We got uh
2: Reverb down in Dublin doing farmers markets yes. on AJ. Saturdays. AJ Davidson. He's he's <laughs> growing his <clears throat> company and they're they're doing some good stuff down
0: there. Shout out to our local the farm, Scottsdale. Farm? Scottsdale. Scottsdale Farms, baby. Farm. That one's just cute. That one's like uh it's like this big, almost like local they grow it themselves like Pike nursery thing going on, but it's local and awesome. And they have like a built in cafe yeah. in it. And just for them to partner with like a local roaster like us and want to make really good coffee. It was such a delight to work with. I know. I just, I, I love the out of state state stuff, but I love when like our brand and our identity just starts to like put roots into the community we're in and like, you go to other places around Valor and those places are like featuring us, you know, so I think about Never Enough Time just down the street, Pierre, like the nicest restaurant in town uses our coffee. TBB. TBB's coming up. It's like going to be a really crazy, awesome breakfast spot down the street that's going to want to work with us. And Michelle. Michelle, Tyler. It's going to be awesome. Oof. I'm going to live there. Yeah.
2: How about of, uh, how about Coffee Camper Co over in uh, yes. Monroe
1: Crystal? Another beautiful. another yeah. one of just people that you talk with and immediately you you go deep with each other and talk about business and life and such a life giving relationship. Crystal, love you. Uh, Viator up oh, yeah. in Il- Il- Illinois, Elgin, Austin. Austin, shout out Austin. They always get the freaky stuff too.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, next question. We we love our refresh, refresh up and and coming. Yes, that one's cool. Oh gosh, I love them. They make
2: excellent bowls. Excellent family owned business. Known them my whole life.
1: You have, you really have. And I feel like I've known them for my whole life by the way they treat me.
2: They'll do that to you. They'll do that to you. And then I mean, other than that, we got some some carts out there. Well, common ground up in Dalton. Dude. And then out of common ground was formed uh, Comet Comet
0: and Low, Low Country Beanery in Charleston Country Beanery who we, who we featured both of them remember we uh, called yeah, them we called
1: them our
0: first call-ins uh,
1: Aviation Aviation Zach yep he's a coffee cart here in town in uh, Alpharetta
0: what was it? we have
2: a, a new coffee cart as well working with us um, mobile unit
1: a coffee cart yeah Cause is that what it's called. Coffee cause, coffee cause. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. They're in. Um, where are they at? They're in Georgia, mm-hmm. somewhere. But a lot of these, really, really, ever since we did the uh, coffee cart episode. <laughs> oh man, where we got we got some coffee carts out there. Love you guys. Some churches in the area too. Yep, yep. North Point Community Church, Stone Creek, Stone Still. Creek. Yep.
0: I think C three. Yeah, baby. Come on. That's awesome. Keep it coming. Love the partnerships. Uh, yeah. Whole Foods, for crying
1: out loud. Whole, Whole Foods. Foods. Bezos, number one partner. Thank you, Bezos. They uh, they put us in all the stores in Georgia, which is awesome.
2: Absolutely. Uh, new packaging. Going to be at Whole Foods soon.
1: For sure. Probably. Yeah. Like next week, dude. Easily.
0: Yeah.
2: You- uh, all right, question answered. Q and a you're going to uh, you're gonna have to
0: take this one. I'm going to have to pee.
2: Okay, awesome. This will be a good one for me and Ross. Any interest in classes to dial in brew settings? Brew Chemex at home mm. and would love to dial in a perfect cup.
1: You know, I actually have been thinking about uh, a segment we could have on the show where it's it's a, I guess maybe it would just be like a video this is a video cast, anyways. We we go we go over to our our brew bar, our uh, our lab here at the roastery, and we go through maybe I don't know what we could do. I, I was specifically thinking with espresso, like we just narrate a dial in and like talk about what we're tasting, talk about what coffee we're using. You know, first we walk up to the machine. The first shot is eighteen to forty in 20 seconds we taste it and then we talk about what we would change and how we change it and why um and that could be really great for for uh brewing like uh, home brewing too you make a chemex and it mm-hmm. you know gets all uh it clogs the filter clogs and you taste it and it tastes overextracted. like i think that would be really helpful info
2: yeah, I think that is kind of the stuff I'm more interested in. Almost more troubleshooting than like yeah. the tutorial, because there's so many tutorials out there, and I think that's where the l- reluctancy comes mm-hmm. when I like set out to think about doing a tutorial. Um, so we have a couple on YouTube right now. We have a clever tutorial and we have an iced Aeropress tutorial. Yeah, the clever one, as far as view count, did kind of well. I wish that the iced Aeropress would have done a little better because it's kind of more like niche. Sure. Because um, that I think that's more of the kind of stuff I'm into. Or yeah. Like the video of like here's why your Chemex is clogging.
1: Like, yeah. I love the like the play by play narration mixed with troubleshooting mm-hmm. of like this this just happened to us in the video. Here's what what we would do to troubleshoot the issue. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I I like. I like that stuff um, and yeah, but anyways, if you aren't subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're if you're a listener or or if you're watching the YouTube video and we will certainly be posting some stuff. Uh, little insider look we're selling cold brew concentrate at our cafe now yep. and today we're going to be recording a video about some of the beverages you can make at home using your cold brew concentrate.
1: That's right. That's right. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna be there, guys. I'm gonna come.
2: Which brings me to my next question: Is cold brew good? Asked by Abby Thompson because Abby. She's, Abby. she's heard all of our conversations in the past.
1: She has, man.
2: She's not even listening. She's gonna ask the question and not even freaking listen.
1: Well, Dude, she
0: listens. Okay, she li- she's
1: done. listened to every second. She's too busy to even listen. even the juicy stuff at the end. That's right, it gets real juicy at the end. All you people that don't listen to, yeah, the end.
2: stick her out at the end. We always give out one hundred percent discount codes. Um,
0: right. All right, I'll answer. Is cold brew good? Yes. Do I think it's a completely different product than iced coffee? Yes. Do I think people want cold brew way more than they want iced coffee? Yes. Do I want both sometimes? Yes. Can we make both at the cafe? Yes. Then so when I want cold brew, I drink cold brew. When I want nitro cold brew, I drink nitro cold brew and it tastes different because it's all creamy and fun. When I want something crazier, I will make an iced by the cup of um, one of our crazy coffees and brew like a one to nine Little middle child, which is special to our cafe.
1: Middle child.
0: Put 180 grams of ice in a cocktail tin. Done. Throw the elbow, break the tin, and then pour that thing over ice. Um, So if I'm on a shift, I'll typically do that. I'll probably sip on cold brew for a while and then ask if someone on the team wants to split one of our single origins with me, and we'll do that. Yep. And that's my answer. Take it or leave it, guys. I think that's a good answer.
1: Thanks. Do you want me to weigh in?
2: Do you think it was a good answer?
1: Absolutely. Do you like me more or less after the answer? I like you the same, which Mm. is like not that much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Neutral at best. I'll take it.
1: The reason she's asking that is because we have historically you know back in the day when the three owners were behind the coffee cart and we just had all the time in the world to talk with our guests and about who knows what we would just hate on cold brew right because we didn't make it <laughs> we hated on it yeah one cuz we didn't make it and we didn't know that it could be good um but the reason we didn't like it is because iced coffee just brings out so much more complexity in and for the record iced coffee i mean you kind of went into it but we would brew a batch of iced coffee so we would do a concentrated brew of of hot coffee and then send that right over a controlled amount of ice to dilute it to the perfect ratio and so when you brew hot you're just bringing out more complexity and specifically brightness Mm -hmm. you know um, when you brew, uh, an Ethiopian on iced coffee, it's just super floral and bright and citrusy. And, uh, you also like can't drink a ton of it <laughs> cause it's kind of like hitting you in the face. Um, but when you brew an Ethiopian coffee on cold brew, it's more mellow, it's more smooth. There's probably more sweetness, maybe, um, more syrupy. And so to your point of like, they are just completely different products. I think that's what helped me, like, make peace with. We are selling this, and we're excited about it because it's just different than, like, flash brewed iced coffee. Boom. Okay. And it's more versatile as a an ingredient. That's why I love it the most. Yeah. We we have a in our cafe a nitro oat milk lavender vanilla latte kegged, and we were when we were first thinking about doing it, we were like, how are we gonna brew that much espresso to put in this latte because you have to have an espresso with latte. Um, but we just use cold beer concentrate for that. And it's such a consistent, it's so consistent. Every time I come into the cafe, our cold beer tastes exactly the same. It's and huge. every time I come into our cafe, the espresso always tastes great, but it always is different because mm-hmm. it's just espresso.
2: Yeah, uh, Michaela's sister, Carissa, was telling me, that she goes to Refresh a lot. And Refresh is currently the only place that also serves our kegs. And she was like, I got a nitro lavender vanilla latte, and it tasted exactly like Valor. And I was like,
0: job yes. Wow. Well, I think another thing to answer the core question to is cold brew good. I would, just, I would say, too, that it can be good, but I don't like a lot of cold brew, too. I think that turned us off initially as yeah. well. Because a lot of people treat cold brew like a like kitchen sink for the roaster, as in like any messed up batches or oh. like blending all your old coffee and turning it into cold brew. Because cold brew is kind of like an equalizer, but I do think it that can show pretty easily too. Like if you're not putting a ton of in, intentionality into your your bean, um, so. I think we were all probably pretty burnt on cold brew because I think we just had a lot of not-so-good cold brew, too. And uh, I think it would be cool as we are getting more into that, and we've talked about it before, of trying to feature different coffees on cold brew as well and trying to showcase freaky coffees and see how they translate through the cold brew process. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Abby. Uh, Next question Mod bar? Question mark. You put that? No.
1: <laughs> Mod bar uh, for our new cafe, Are or, he, or just m- in general?
2: Who asked? You're it? asking me. I, I, uh, Parker B. White.
1: Yeah, yeah, Parker. I know him. He's down in Florida.
0: Oh, uh,
1: mm. uh we're gonna disclose things about his life that he may not. <laughs> <but> Done. <laughs> He's a really private guy. Just, oh. just kidding, Parker. Love you, private, man. Eye. <laughs> private eye
0: doesn't take um, private eye
1: Mod bar the thing that uh, the thing that I love about modbar is that it's modular <laughs> I
2: the to way go. the They're way use this
1: as a testimony
2: on their website.
1: <laughs> the way it is uh, the way a traditional espresso machine is designed is not that helpful to me, all right? Because you have a steam wand on the left. Let's just say you're looking at a a Linea Classic. Okay. Um, You have a steam wand on the left. You have two espresso group heads. And then you have a steam wand on the right. Um, You usually have an espresso grinder on one side. And the way it works is you grind your espresso. And then you brew your espresso. And then you steam your milk. Um, But what ends up happening with that design is that a lot of times one of the steam wands gets neglected, especially if you're working with two people on bar, which we do, which back to previous topic, the brewer is on the left side. The expo is on the right side. Brewer is making all the bases of the drinks like espresso and matcha. And then expo is taking the fruit of his or her work and turning it into drinks via steaming milk and making ice lattes and things things like that so i like mod bar because you can lay it out like we are gonna lay it out at the cafe lord Lord willing. willing um and it is it is uh as follows i think
2: is there some reason we might not be able to do that that you guys have been talking about that i don't know
0: Dude, everything's just
1: Lord willing, right? (laughs) Good point. And we've also just like, you know, budget. Whatever. It'll be fine. Okay, so we're going to do espresso from left to right, right? Okay. Uh, Espresso grinder, decaf. Well, sorry, flip them. Decaf espresso grinder, espresso grinder. Single origin grinder. Just kidding. Uh, All right. (laughs) People are
2: confused at this point.
1: (laughs) From the top, left to right decaf espresso grinder free throw espresso grinder which is our main blend uh, group head group head group head uh another espresso grinder free throw free throw steam wand milk pitcher rinser steam wand you picture that guys you got that huh um. So the idea there is, let let me contrast that to the way we have it at our cafe currently. So we have, on our cafe currently, from left to right, we have decaf espresso, espresso, uh, and then our espresso machine. And then, you know, our expo station is on the right side of the espresso machine, which is also where the milk pitcher rinser is. Um. If you'll notice the difference between the two of them is we have another espresso grinder on the right side of the uh, mod bar in between the group head, the last group head and the steam wand. The reason is it helps uh, the ease of single barring that way. Because if you have one person on bar, they can be grinding espresso locking it into the espresso machine and having their expo station right there all within reach to where they don't have to like run from the left side of the bar to the right side of the bar a ton. Um and so I the point is to answer the question of mod bar question mark. I just love the flexibility and how you can challenge the status quo of how how an espresso bar is run and it also helps particularly in situations where you have multiple people making drinks on bar which is not a lot of cafes. I feel like a lot of cafes just have like you're the barista. You're grinding shots and you're, you know, you're making the drinks, which is not really how we do it.
2: So to answer your question, yes. Mod bar, the answer is yes.
0: I'm interested to see how there's a there's a pro that creates a con with mod bar which is You that big hunk of metal that blocks you between the guest is removed. And in our culture, guest experience minds, it's like a good thing. But then that hunk of metal kind of moves to below the counter, which is pretty valuable space in a bar. In that, that's usually where storage goes or refrigerator goes. um, And that can't be like right there and then we are also trying to figure out what to do with because uh, your espresso machine is also kind of like a warmer of sorts in the cafe for your your glassware and your mugs and ceramics and so uh, putting those in a new place as well will be like a, a fun new challenge for us um, so mod bar we're hopeful and we're excited it's going to create some new dynamics to that cafe. That's right.
2: Amazing. We'll take one more. All right. <laughs> Moving to Dunwoody. Tell me more about why you liked it. Well, we didn't liked it. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we loved
0: it. Oh,
1: that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like our love of Dunwoody is well documented on this program. But... um. And in our little video, right? We made a video about it, but it's really little, though. Yeah, it's just too little. So, so small. let's make it big,
2: like three hundred sixty p. Yeah, yeah.
1: To reiterate, um, we love that it is a neighborhood vibe. Um, Some of the vibes. I also feel like people move a little slower there. Am I, we've never talked about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what are you talking about man no I just think the because they're old they don't know they can't walk as oh fast oh my
1: gosh ageist <laughs> um, I'm an ageist so uh, no I just I th- I think people actually maybe just take it a little bit slower there I, I don't know if you guys have noticed that uh, have you I want you to talk now
2: <laughs> I, I get that a little bit when, when you see people you see a lot of people walking at all times yeah maybe mm. that's why you're saying that
1: yeah, they're not running. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's everyone
2: <laughs> out <laughs> is running, <It's laughs> full sprint. Dead sprint, yeah.
1: Literally, man.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if pulling up a map is helpful, but if you look at an aerial view of Dunwoody, you just have like especially where we are. So if you Google maps, Dunwoody, and you zoom in on the word Dunwoody, that's basically where our cafe is gonna be. Wow. And if you look all around it on like a satellite view, it's just houses everywhere. Yep, and Good that of apartments too, condos, Town apartments, homes. townhomes, you name it. Gunwoody has got it. Hostels. Uh, <laughs> so that's the vibe we like. We like being around residential. We like being people's cafe next to their home. So much we, we you know get your coffee right when you leave your house and drink it on your commute. Come hang out with us on the weekends when you're at home with your family and you guys want to get out for a minute. And Dunwoody gives us a lot of that.
1: And uh I could be confused, which I often am about oh, well. the uh, the map, but we're we're pretty much like on the way to, uh, we're like in between a lot of residential area and a lot of like office, huge, you know, office buildings, office buildings. <laughs> so the idea is that a lot of the, the people that work in, or that live in the residential areas, w- they would have to pass through our area to get to work, which I like.
0: I'm interested to see the intersection of the medical field and Valor. 'Cause there are there are a boop ton of like medical offices and hospitals like right south of us. Pill Hill. Pill Hill. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly though, it's crazy. So awesome. it's really crazy. Um so I'm interested to see how that happens. Remember when we were looking for cafes and we were like, should we just like put one in, in like Hill. a hospital?
1: Yeah, that is, I've heard
0: worse ideas We've heard yeah. worse ideas yeah. That would be a crazy Like Type of cafe It'd be very like We'd have to really put some empaths in there We'd yeah. be doing a lot of
1: caring mm-hmm. Yeah it's like putting a cafe in the airport Like you're You're dealing with people that are all in the same boat <laughs> Or airplane Cafe and airplane it's been done, dude. Virgin Mobile. I'm
0: no. Should've. You
2: said same boat. I said same airplane. Uh, oh,
0: that's funny. That's comedy gold, dude. Okay, great. That was a wait. Anything else about Dunwoody? I mean, we're just excited. The thing about Dunwoody is that we're excited, and there's potential. All right, we're the, That's the biggest thing for me is that there's not like a ton of specialty coffee shops, and we're just coming in. But I think we're really going to like make a change the neighborhood i know there's another shop called crema down the street and it seems like they're always busy and they have their people and there's uh a a demand for more so there's already chatter about us being in dunwoody and people from dunwoody are coming to visit the space in alpharetta which has been super fun um yeah so it's it's just cool that we're gonna go in and like make a difference to a city because Similar to Alfreda, they're kind of like on the up. They're trying to become their own thing, um, and so being able to kind of help define what that area is and who, what kind of people like to be there, and trying to be like a beacon of light is what we often say in a, in an area. Um, super exciting,
2: like that. That's
0: <laughs> yes, kind of like a laser beam, more like a laser beam in an area that's
2: that's more like it
0: yeah um great good radio guys yeah thanks for your questions everybody what a fun one i'm having so much fun all right see you guys next week
2: love you see you love you love you bye